power went off. The message is called Awestruck. It was amazing timing. The Lord was like, I love this sermon. Bang. Everyone went home and was like, man, I'm amazed at the power of God that he shut off the power of the church and awesome. Either that or it was heresy. So if it happens again, I'll take that as a sign that I should not preach this message. But there's plenty of scripture in there, so I'm sure we're okay. Uh, but tonight, this morning, I really wanted to encourage us, uh, especially in the day and the age that we live in, that we need, hear my words, we need to be in awe of who God is. We need to be amazed by the mercy of God. We need to be amazed by the power of God. We need to be in awe of the power of the gospel that can actually transform a person. That he can change a person from the inside out. Change the nature of a person. That the gospel still saves sinners. Still saves sinners. Doesn't just save good people. Doesn't just save people who are kind of like already nice people and then they start attending a church. The gospel still saves sinners. The tax collectors, the, the prostitutes that we read about in the Bible. Come on, all, all the sinners that Jesus was hanging with, he came to save and seek the lost. I wanna encourage you today that he is still doing that. When you look at the world, you must see it through the ends of God is amazing. God is powerful. Nothing is impossible for God. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to be a little saddened by our lack of faith and expectation in what God can do in our nation and the nations of the earth. And I'm beginning to see a move of Christians who, are, who have no awe or amazement of what God can do. And when we don't have awe and amazement of what God can do, it's because we've actually forgot what He has done because when I forget what he has done, I have no hope and no expectation and no amazement for what he could do. And so we begin to live life and we go through life and we suffer a couple of perplexities or a few disappointments and all of a sudden we start bringing God down or we dilute who God is and all of a sudden we don't have faith for our future. All of a sudden we don't have faith for the future of our nation. We don't have faith for a certain people group. We, we start to lose the fact that God can do anything and wants to. <laughs> God willingly wants to move in our nation. He wants to move in our city. He wants to move in your marriage. He wants to move in your family. Come on, He wants to heal your body. <laughs> he wants to bring breakthrough. Come on, He wants to bring provision. And no, this is not a prosperity gospel. This is the gospel. God has consistently, even in the Old Testament, Old Covenant, has always shown up and moved in His people. It's just who He is. You can't change who God is. We can't get to 2023 and be like, God's not like that anymore. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we need to be awestruck. We need, we need to be in awe of who God is. You wanna know what awe means? It's a, oh no. It's a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. No one's excited. If you were here on Sunday night, it took me about seven tries to pronounce that word. So I'm amazed by the grace of God. 
to communicate to that to you first time, and you should be way more impressed than you are. Thank you. Glory to God. I have no education. Do you know that? I have no, okay, you probably already knew that. <laughs> I do have, I am qualified in carpentry, and I do have a certificate in leadership, so come at me, world. <laughs> come at me, world. I don't have any NCEA. I never sat an exam, but hey, the grace of God. I'm not, that's not pastoral advice, by the way, for anyone who's like, got teenagers who are like, I don't need school. You need it. <laughs> you need it. <laughs> My son, you need it. All right. Uh, Exodus 15, 11 says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? Acts 2, 38 to 43, this is after Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit and preached over to a crowd of people on the day of Pentecost. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Just right there, you should be amazed that God can take someone who denied Jesus in front of somebody is now declaring in front of a whole crowd that they should repent and be baptized. That's how amazing God is. God can take a Simon and turn him into a Peter. God can take a coward and make him bold and the, and the rock and the foundation of the early church. Wow, that's amazing. It's not amazing because Peter's amazing, it's amazing because God's amazing. And God can do that in a person's life. Yeah? Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and who, all who are far off in Queenstown. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself and with many other words He bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received His word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And or, come on, or, this is the, one of the, the marks of the early church, or came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. We don't want to lose the awe we have for God. You understand that the early church was birthed in such a powerful, amazing, Holy Spirit-led, filled way that the people of God were in awe of what God can do, what God can do through people, how God can save, uh, the, save out to the uttermost, that God can save people like Paul, Saul, and turn them into Paul, someone who was murdering Christians and locking up Christians gets saved and starts proclaiming the gospel. There is a reverence and an awe on the church that God is incredible and God can move in the midst of persecution, in the, in the midst of Jesus dying on the cross where they thought, oh my gosh, it's all over. The leader has been killed. To now the early church has been birthed through the power of the Holy Spirit. The church is in awe of what God can do. That someone can stand up and, and say, repent and be baptized and 3,000 people say yes. There is an awe in the church and I believe that an awe needs to come back to the church in, a, in general, not just our church, but we should be in awe of what God can do. Because what God can do is not separated from who God is. What God does is because of who God is. So when we are in awe of God moving and we're in awe of God breaking forth, and we're in awe of signs, wonders, and miracles, it's the, what we're really saying is we are in awe of how amazing our God is. Can I just flip this around that if we have a, we have a mentality where we don't believe 
for the impossible and we never see it happen, we've got nothing to be awestruck about. And then the world looks at us and says, you're just the same as us. You've just got a bunch more rules than what we got. Because a lot of us are looking at us as Christians and saying there's nothing actually different about your life. Where's God moving in your life? Where's the personal revelation? Where's the awakeness, the aliveness of your spirit that tells me that your God is real? And we say, well, it's not about that, and then we hit him over the head with the Bible and say, you're wrong. Well, I'd like to propose to you that on the day of Pentecost, Jesus says, wait till the Holy Spirit comes, then you can be my witnesses. He didn't say, wait till the Holy Bible comes, and then you can be my witnesses. Okay, you went quiet on that one. Wait till my Holy Spirit comes. Why? Because you can't just talk, you're going to have to display. Come on, church. You're not, you're not just going to talk, you're not just going to speak empty words, you're going to speak my word with the power of the Holy Spirit and something's going to happen. When, 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 when Peter, if you look at Peter's sermon, there's nothing cool about his sermon on the day of Pentecost. He's just telling people to repent and you crucified the Savior and you need to repent and get saved. The difference was not his sermon. What was the difference? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit worked with them. Even when, when I'm preaching today, my words won't change anything, but my words connected with the words of God and the Spirit of God igniting in people's hearts causes people to say, I want to give my life to Jesus. We have made a mistake to think that our, the structure of our message or our blinging message title is going to save anybody. If anyone gets saved, it's because the power of God moved in their heart and they responded to the gospel. If anyone gets healed today, which I believe they will, I believe that people have already been healed just from the presence of God before, it's not because someone prayed, it's because the power of God is here, the power of the Holy Spirit to move in someone's world. And we should be amazed and awestruck that God turns up and does the things that we can't do on a continual basis. And so if we're going to start boiling down our Christianity to just what we can comprehend and what we can do, you're going to look at a church very quickly that's going to come into a place where we have no expectation, we have no faith, we have no amazement of who God is. And heaven forbid we just get amazed by people. And that's what we're settling for. I don't want to be amazed by a person, I want to be amazed by Jesus. And so if we don't have faith and expectation of God actually moving, what happens is we begin to lose hope and expectation of what God can do. All of a sudden our Christianity is dry and boring. Why? Because Christianity is just about me and what I can do. No one's going to be impressed today. Maybe if the lights go off, maybe you'll be a little bit impressed. But no one's going to be impressed today or amazed just by human beings coming up here and singing and talking. But we will be amazed by the Lord and what He does through the people that have yielded and surrendered to Him. And that doesn't just mean the people up here, that means you right there. Amen? 
Psalm 106, verse 7 to 11, this is what happens. This is what I believe causes us to lose our awe and wonder of who God is. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his namesake that he might make known his mighty power. He rebuked the sea and it became dry and he led them through the deep as though through a desert. So he saved them from the hand of the foe and redeemed them from the power of the enemy and the waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. The scripture reveals that when we forget what God has done, we lose our faith and expectation of what God can do. You gotta understand that this, this scripture in Exodus, is, it's, it's coming out of a context of a bunch of people who have already witnessed all the plagues. They have witnessed God move in such an incredible way that they have seen the locusts and they've seen the Nile turn to blood. They've, they've seen all of these things happen. They've seen Pharaoh's heart being hardened and he goes to let him go, but then he, his heart gets hardened again and he doesn't and he sees the, they've seen the power of God. Yeah? Now they're coming, finally coming out of Egypt and then Pharaoh changes his mind again. And so they're, they're heading out. Now they're caught between the Red Sea, three million people, caught between the Red Sea, that's the whole population of New Zealand at one point. Just think about that, parents. That's a lot of kids, a lot of livestock, a lot of, I don't go camping for this reason. That's a lot of extra stuff. Sleeping bags, tents, I don't know. This is a big deal. And now I'm stuck between the Red Sea and the, and the Egyptian army. I know we read that and we don't put ourselves there, but put yourself there. You're, you're either going to drown or you're going to get killed by the sword. And then we see God show up and say, I know there's a sea here, but Moses, lift up your staff. And then the Red Sea parts in half. That's amazing. Like if I was to go right down there to the, to the boat shed and lift up a piece of stick and that thing parted, would anyone be amazed? So would I. And then, like I said on Sunday, I'll start a taxi service called Moses' Taxi and you guys can walk through on dry land for a fee from here to Calvin Heights, all right? <laughs> I'm joking, I wouldn't charge you. Um, but you would be amazed, right? But these same people... They forgot. They forgot that God showed up and, and gave them food every day to eat, that they didn't have to, they just had to go out and pick it up. They were, they were literally led by a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. They seen God come down on a mountain and give Moses the, the tablets. They experienced God in such an incredible way, yet because they didn't remember or they didn't meditate on who God is and what God does, they didn't have hope for the future. Come on, church, don't, don't, don't say it's just their issue. How many times has God moved in your life, yet you still doubt He'll do it again? If we were just to take the next 20 minutes and pull out a diary and just begin to meditate and think about what God has done and where He has shown up in your life, 
it wouldn't take you long to have a big page full. And if you don't have a list, you just need to look a little bit harder because he has saved you. If anything, we can all have that on. I was lost, now I am found. He forgave me of all my sins. That's amazing. Forgiveness is incredible. That he who knew no sin became sin, that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If that is just a normal like, yeah, okay, Corey, statement, I don't think you understand the gospel. He who knew no sin became like me, died my death so I could become like him. Well, that's kind of amazing. And what did I do? What did I have to do for that? Well, I had to attend church for 15 years. (laughs) I'm joking. Guys, wow. What is happening? What did I do to attain that? You have been saved by grace through faith. Grace means it's a gift. Faith is how I receive the gift. So you're telling me that I, I was born a sinner I fell short of your glory. You sent your son to die for me that I can just believe in your son and then I get transformed and changed from an old creation to a new creation. My sins get washed away. My past gets forgiven. I enter into new life with you. And not only that, but you reconcile me back to the one who created me. And then you tell me that I'm a co-heir, that I'm gonna rule and reign and be seated with you. And what did I do to earn that? Nothing. Are you amazed yet? (laughs) Like I think about that, I'm like, Jesus is amazing. Why have we lost the amazing grace of Jesus? Why have we not got faith to see people who are so far from God right now just encounter Him and come straight back? And they're passing their sin repented of is just gone. Come on. I think that's amazing. So if we don't meditate on what God has done, there will be no faith and expectation of what God can do. If I don't understand what God has done, I will have no faith and expectation for what God can do. This is why, uh, why the Lord encouraged Joshua to meditate on my word day and night. Meditate on what I have done. Meditate on what I've done through your father's generation and your other father's generation. Meditate on what I have done since the beginning of time and how I have moved in power. Come on, Christian. Think about how I used David to kill a giant. Think about how a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years can press through a crowd, touch my garment, and be made whole. Think about my early church that as Peter walked along and people hid his shadow, they got healed. Are you amazed yet? (laughs) Ponder, meditate on how incredible God is that He can use a dude that is so cowardly that he is hiding in a wine press and use him to defeat an a army that is, can't even be counted. Are we not amazed on how incredible God is? 
How are we not amazed that we can go into our bedroom, close the door, and the God of all the universe says He sees us there and will come and meet us? How amazing is it that the ones He created, created our ears to be able to actually hear the voice of God? How amazing is it that when we're in the midst of our despair, God can speak a word of encouragement straight to our heart? That's amazing. How amazing is it that we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover? How amazing is it that I can be in my, in my lounge and the Holy Spirit can say, go and check your kid right now. I go upstairs, his leg is a completely gray and it looked like it was dead. Thank you, Jesus, color comes back. How amazing is that we can see literally people, I've seen literally seen people here with their leg grow out and their back issue be healed. Glory to God. How amazing that we've seen cysts disappear off people's brains. How amazing is that we've seen tennis elbow healed, that a guy can't move his elbow and then he's doing press-ups on the side of the stage. Why are we not in awe of how amazing God is? We, we don't do miracles so people can get pumped up. We're trying to display who God is. And there needs to be a joy and a wonder in us that God can move. God can, God can set people free. There's people in this room that have been healed of depression. There's people here that have, have addictions broken off their life. Why are we not amazed by what God can do in a person's life? And when we forget what God has done, we begin to lose hope and we begin to lose faith and we lose begin our wonder of who God is. Like we should be the most hope-filled, amazed people walking around Queenstown. And I'm talking to myself right now. I, I shouldn't be the person who's like, man, living costs are like massive. I should be like, oh my gosh, I serve God. He's gonna come through for me. There is, a, there is an awe and a wonder in me that I will not be left alone, that God will just forget about me. God will provide what needs to be provided. Like I shouldn't be walking around saying, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna be, you know, like if I've got a visa issue or something going on, I should be in amazement and awe that no, God moves. Even when it seems impossible and it thinks, looks like every door has been closed, He can make a door open in a, in a moment. And so there has to be some, some optimism, some faith in the people of God that no, the world has not gone to the pack. God has a plan. And we are so expectant to see what He's going to do. When we look at Gen Z, when we look at the coming generations, we should have such a hope and expectation God's gonna use this generation. We need to be a people of faith that are in awe of what God can do. It's not because we're pumped up on ourselves. We think that God is incredible. We, we think that God actually has answers. We think that God can transform people. We think that God can heal and raise and deliver. It's just who He is. And now that we're in 2023, nothing has changed. But I constantly see a people that have lost their awe and wonder. We're allowing the enemy, we're allowing life circumstances to preach to us another gospel that says God can't and God won't. It's not the gospel we preach here. <laughs> he can and He will. And I know what it's like to believe and then it didn't work out the way that you thought it would. 
The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Our, 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 our goal, our responsibility is continue to believe. Come on, I'm, I'm, I know that might be the worst thing to hear when you're feeling tired and feeling discouraged, but it's the best thing you can hear right now. Continue to believe that God is who He says He is and He will be who He said He will be. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. I, I, I meet people who don't, if I don't get my hopes up, I can't be disappointed. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I prayed for someone the other week and it was a big deal what they needed prayer for. And I felt the Lord, I just felt a boldness rise up in me just to say, you're healed. The other voice in my head is saying, don't say that, Corey, in case she doesn't. Well, which one's faith? <laughs> well, you gotta be real, Corey. I, I am, I really think God can do it. Let's just be that kind of real. Let's be Christian real, not this is what humans can do and this is what I'm believing for and what I think God can do. Let's, let's be, believe God real, right? So there's risk involved. There's a, there's a maybe it might not happen. There's, that question is always there and never leaves. But faith says, God is amazing. God can do anything. So why not? Why not pray? Why not declare? Why not prophesy? Why not come forward and receive healing? Why not come and have the, have the chains and bondage broken off your life? Why not trust God? Why not believe that you can be set free from that addiction? Why not believe that Jesus can move in Queenstown? Why not believe that God can move in our nation? Why not believe that revival will happen and awakening will happen in His people? Why not believe who He says you are? Why not believe for your marriage? Why not believe for your kids? And I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna be super blunt. Please don't take me the wrong way. But if you are not in awe of how incredible God is, none of what I just said you will do. Oh, let's go. Luke, Luke 5. Is this okay? I'll do my little happy dance. This is what I want, this is what I want to bring it, bring it down to. Luke 5, 17 and 26. This is new stuff if you weren't here on Sunday night. I'm pretty sure the whole message is new, to be fair. And I'm too scared to ask my wife if it's as good as last time. On one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea from, and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. I want you to catch something already. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there I like that word. I just I like the picture that creates. The power of the Lord is here to heal, and the Pharisees and the teachers, the ones that are there just to trip them up, are just sitting there. Why would they just be sitting there? If the power of the Lord is, I'm sure that they got people in their life that are sick. I'm sure there's a few Pharisees there that needed a touch of God. <laughs> But when you're not in amazement and awe of who God is, you just sit there. Ooh. 
The power of God is present to heal. And those who are not amazed by God just sit there. Oh, I could prophesy right now. (laughs) The power of God is available and present to heal our city, our nation, come on, your family, your body is present to heal, but if you're not amazed by who God is, you will just sit there. Faith says, take up your mat and walk. The reason for our apathy and our passivity is we are not aware and not amazed by who God is. If I am hungry for the Lord, I will press through the crowd to touch his garment. I guarantee there was other sick people in that crowd. And Jesus said to her, woman, your faith has made you well. Her amazement was, if I can just touch his clothing, I'll get healed. She didn't sit back and Oh God, if you want to do it, do it. She pursued him. Oh, come on. What if the power of God is present to save our city? Should we just sit around? Okay. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal, and behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say rise and walk? but that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all and they glorified God and were filled with awe. Oh, there's that word. What happened? What happened when Jesus was who Jesus was and someone encountered Jesus They were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. I want to suggest to you this morning that the church should be like the friends who carried the paralytic man. Hear me out for just a second. Sometimes the church, if this story was about the church carrying the man to Jesus, when they got outside and seen that it was full, we'd say, we tried, let's go home. If there's no 
If there's no amazement or no awe of what God can do, there's no ripping off of Ruth. So if, I don't, if I'm not actually amazed and in awe of God, the first hurdle I hit, I'm off. We tried. We sung four songs. We tried. Chloe was trying to get us to like go in for another 30 minutes, but like we tried. <laughs> if, if the church loses its awe, we bring the stretcher to the door, not really believing for a lot to happen here. So that means I don't go any further. This is starting to sink and hit for a few people right now. When I, am, when I fundamentally believe God is incredible, and if I can just get my friend to him, it's gonna be amazing. That's the kind of church I believe God is calling us to be. If I can just get Queenstown to Jesus, I know he's gonna move. If I can just get my friend who doesn't know Jesus yet, if I can just get, get them there, get them before Jesus, I know God's gonna move. Oh, don't do that. Like sometimes we don't invite people to church because we don't actually think God will. Like what if we we're actually a people who believe, no, if I can get people, and this doesn't, doesn't mean that you don't evangelize and be a witness in the workplace, but this is how we used to do it. If we can get people into a place where other people believe God is amazing and we worship Him as such, we know God will turn up and the person that I invited will encounter Jesus. That's used, that used to be what like a Sunday service was about. Sunday service was never discipleship. How, how are you gonna disciple someone for an hour in a room of 150 people? Sunday service was, a, was a, a community of believers coming to be equipped, but also to bring the presence of God to earth that when people walk in here, they encounter Jesus. Why? Because there's a people here who actually believe if I can just get them before Jesus, if I have to rip a roof off, I don't care. This is just for anyone who, this is what we used to do in youth ministry. If we're gonna put up a $200 price to get people there, we'll do it. <laughs> Why? Is it because we wanna have holy people come on a Friday? No. We want people in the room so when we start worshiping Jesus, the presence of God comes and they get saved. We did a, everyone was like anti-Fortnite at one stage. We ran a Fortnite competition and three people got saved. I'll rip the roof off. We will rip the roof off if it means that we can get people in front of Jesus. But if we don't actually believe that God's gonna do anything, there is no, there is no drive in us. There is no expectation in us to go the extra mile. There's nothing within me that says, yeah, I should really push through the crowd or I should just rip the roof off because if I don't actually believe that Jesus can heal, well, there's no point ripping the dude's roof off. It's just we're gonna end up getting a bill and 
it's going to cost us money and it's so, so inconvenient that I'm probably going to have to find time to go back and fix the roof. My name in town probably not, might not be very good. I might get done for vandalism. I don't know. Reasoning, humanistic reasoning. No, my, my goal is I know God's amazing and I know if I can get my friend before God, something's gonna happen. Like where's the church in that area? Why have we lost our awe? Why, why do we not believe that revival can come? Why do we not believe that we can have a conversation with our friend and have a word of encouragement for them? Why do we not believe in our workplace that we can lay hands on someone who's got a migraine and they get healed? We have lost our awe and wonder of how incredible God is. And we have substituted the wonder and awe of God for intellectualism and knowledge. And we think we're winning people with our arguments. We think knowledge is power. God is power. Faith is power. Trusting and yielding in God is the power that we've been asked to represent. And I'm not against people knowing stuff. I'm just saying don't substitute it. We've got the best sound equipment. We've got the best screen. We've got every single book under the sun on leadership and ministry, courses, Q&As, you name it. None of it matters without the power of Jesus. None of it matters without the awe and wonder of who God is. And so when the, Christ, when the church begins to lose its amazement, there is no hope for those who don't know them, know Him. Because we just, hey, here's our God. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your expectations up. But you should just serve Him because it's right. That's true. He is truth. He is right. But He never said, go out there and not display me. Reveal me. The early church had an awe and a wonder of who God is. They believed that God could show up and change. And Like I, I get so jealous and God tells me off because he's like, it's no different today, Corey. But when I read the book of Acts and people are like getting visions about three people are coming and I want you to go with them and then Peter starts speaking and then as he's speaking, the Holy Spirit falls on them and they baptize the whole family. I'm amazed. But I've also got some stories in my own life of God doing incredible things. And it's not because I'm special, it's because He's still the same. But I'm telling you right now, you'll never be amazed about who God is if you forget what He's done. And we will never be a church that preaches the awe and amazement of God if we don't actually believe He's incredible. Oh, come on. We cannot lose the amazement of who God is. We should be believing that people are getting saved. Even though preaching and sharing the gospel looks like foolishness, we believe in the power of God. Like how stupid is it that you lay hands on somebody? Like why do we gotta lay hands? Can't, isn't there like a more, less awkward way? where we can kind of just like pray behind the scenes and just like, 
Isn't there a less awkward way of sharing the gospel where we don't actually have to talk to anyone about it? But we believe in our foolishness by our obedience to the Lord, knowing He's amazing, that if we are faithful to do what He's asked us to do, He will show up. And please hear my heart this morning. I never want us to be in a church where we're in a place where we don't believe He'll show up. I never want to be in a place where, I, where we believe that God can't change a person. You say, Corey, what does that look like? It looks like someone walking in one way, experiencing the Lord, and the Bible says that in Christ, all things have passed, all things have become new. We should be amazed by that. I don't even know sometimes if we're actually amazed by what the gospel can do or should do in somebody's life. We just have an intellectual understanding. Someone said yes to Jesus, but hey, we'll see. I don't really think they changed. I do. Bible says that they are. And our job as a community is to help them understand that. Hey, you're not a chicken anymore. You're an eagle. You don't have to do chicken stuff. You're an eagle now. It's true. We're calling them to what actually happened. Come on. Do we still believe that God takes people who are so embarrassed of Him How does God take a bogan in the back seat of a wagon, listening to ACDC, drinking every day away, bashing on the roof of a Ford Falcon, who was consistently lied his whole life about who his parents are because he doesn't want anyone to know that he has any association with Christianity? How does God take a person like that and put them on a stage to preach the gospel. I'm amazed. I'm not amazed at me. I'm amazed at what he can do. If you're wondering who the bogan was, it was me. I used to have a mullet back in the day. I could probably still grow the back part, but not the front. But no. <laughs> Would anyone be amazed by that? <laughs> I think we should do it. Let's make it happen. Um, Please hear my heart. I know you have a story like that. I know you have stories in your family. I know you've had times where God just came through. Oh, I'm amazed that He can do that. I'm amazed about how amazing God is. It actually brings a, a reverence and an awe to our worship. Like I'm, I'm amazed that you can read this book over and over again and yet it becomes like fresh food. <laughs> How does that happen? I've read, I've, I've read some books and not all of them do that because His Word is alive and it's living. So are we even amazed when we come around the Scriptures that the Word of God shall not return void but it will accomplish everything that it was set forth to do? We should be amazed by His Word, amazed by His Spirit, 
amazed by his glorious and mighty deeds. Amen. Team, come. Sorry. I thought you were going to just come up when you felt like I'd talked enough. No power cuts today. So the Lord must be okay. I'll do my best not to reiterate the whole message. I'm praying this morning that the Holy Spirit is touching hearts and lives. That people are walking out of here in faith this morning. Come on, Corey, what was that whole thing about? If you only get one thing, be amazed by who God is. The rest will take care of itself. Be amazed at what He can do. Be amazed of who He is. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that I'm looking at a room full of people that long to see you in all your glory. Thank you, Lord, this church will be a church that carries people to you because we are awestruck by the gospel. We are in awe of your incredible mercy. We are in awe of the fact that your love is so deep wide and high that it cannot even be measured. We are amazed that when we ask for forgiveness, our sins are as far away as the east is from the west. We're amazed at the fact that you gave us the honor and privilege of calling you Abba, Father. showed up this morning. And I pray for fresh faith and awe and wonder as your people begin to meditate and ponder and sit with you and take time with you to just look at you and who is like the Lord? Who is like the Lord, magnificent, glorious, holy, worthy, is the Lord God Almighty. I don't know everyone in this room this morning, but 
if you haven't given your life to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. He loves you. He's for you. And like I've already said, He came to die in your place. You say, well, why did He have to die? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Sin has to be paid for. And every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us need a Savior. And the only one who can save is Jesus Christ. He is the only way to the Father. So if you want to enter in to the life-giving relationship that Jesus offers, it says that you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If that's you in this place and you haven't given your life to Jesus, all I'm going to ask you to do is just lift your hand and I'm going to see that hand and we're just going to pray with you. Your head might be saying, don't do it. Your heart may be beating really fast right now, but you know that I'm talking to you. That's the Lord calling you home. It's the Lord calling you home. Come on. He does not reject those who come to Him. If that's you, just lift your hand and love to pray with you. Just as I look around the room. Jesus, we love you. Amen. Why don't we stand this morning? And <clears throat> you know, it's funny, um, just thinking about asking the Lord for any words or anything He wants to do this morning. And I just felt in the worship that Today is about people responding to Him. 